Hello and welcome to another episode of the Yankee Death Star, a Yankees podcast. My name is Matt and I'm here with Dave and we're one day away from the season starting. So we're going to talk about the some of the players that we haven't already recapped and uh, give a little preview of the matchup tomorrow. How are you doing, Dave? Man, I'm doing good. I can't wait. 18 hours until opening day starts. This is exactly what I love about baseball. It's that anticipation that the baseball season's upon us. I miss going to stadiums and I miss um, smelling that fresh cut um, grass in the outfield. But man, it is exciting to be able to uh, cheer for baseball uh, right now. So let's go ahead and talk about what we're going to be talking about in this episode. We're going to talk about the upcoming game against the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, they're a very young team, a very exciting team, and something that we love to break down about this. We're going to talk about the first time the Yankees are going to have fans in the stands for over a year. This is exciting stuff. Uh, they're only going to be at 20% capacity, and we're going to tell you how many fans that is. We're going to talk about one through five, our starting rotation. We're going to talk about our top five relief pitchers plus one dark horse that Matt has picked out that he is excited about. And then we're going to talk about three backup positional players that we feel are going to make a huge impact this year. The big thing of the day is the fact that tomorrow is opening day. Um, as Dave said, we're going to have about the our, our series opens at home, which is cool. Because um, everybody's been clamoring to get to go to uh, baseball games again. So there's going to be about 9,000 people is what I read that are going to be allowed in, which is about 20% of the capacity. I do remember hearing an announcement that the Braves intended to be at full capacity. And the, that those are the only two I've heard. Um, but we'll look into that and, and talk about that tomorrow. Because I'm curious how many are going to just go for it and how many are going to be super precautious so we'll see the Yankees at least being pretty precautious with a pretty sparse crowd but it'll be something different than just the uh, the uh, pretend audio piped in to have actual fans it should increase the atmosphere absolutely and you know Yankees are going to have a tough matchup tomorrow uh, left-hander pitcher Hairu Jin Ryu uh, yeah he is pitching tomorrow uh, against the Yankees. Uh, last year, we saw him a couple times. Let's just talk about some of the guys that have seen him at um, um, at the plate. Um, we have Jay Bruce has, has five at-bats at him um, with him. Clint Frazier has six. Brett Gardner has five. Aaron Hicks has five with one home run. Uh, Higgy has five at-bats. Um, he has not had a hit uh, against uh, him. We have Aaron Judge has four at-bats with one home run and one RBI. So that was a solo shot. Uh, and our most experienced person against uh, the Toronto Blue Jays pitcher is DJ LeMayhew. He has 23 at-bats. He's batting 261 against him. Uh, that is not too horrible. Um, so you expect uh, DJ to be able to pull a lot of film and watch him how he pitches against him. Gary Sanchez is batting 500 uh, against him, he has two at-bats, one home run, which was a solo shot. Uh, Stanton is batting 333 against him, and he's had six at-bats. Torres has had seven at-bats, has not had a hit. And Gio is batting 500 with six at-bats. This is something that will be fun to see how 
they they go at them. It will be fun to see how uh, Toronto Blue Jays um, prep for the Yankees, and especially with all the guys that we have swinging the bat, it will be exciting for sure. At it will. I am extremely excited. I'm glad that it is an early game. It's uh, 105 Eastern time, I believe. Uh, so that's 12.05 my time. I don't have to wait very long to get some action. I can't wait. Yeah, man. And like Matt said, there's going to be people in the stands. It's going to be crazy because like we have not seen very many sporting events with uh, uh, fans in the stands. It really does make a difference. These guys get really amped up, especially because last year there was nobody. There's going to be around 9,000 people, 9,000 plus people in the Yankees uh, um, stands this next game, which is 20% um, capacity. That will be exciting. I I love the sound of, of cheering fans. It's something that uh, all across the sports, uh, we've missed completely. Uh, it's really something that will be exciting to see. I love Garrett Cole. I feel like this is something that he is able to use is the, the fans, and he's able to uh, up his game when the fans are in the stands. So I'm really excited to see how Garrett Cole pitches tomorrow night. I am too. I think he's going to feed off that energy. Um, it's not going to be as loud of a crowd as normal, but I'll bet they're going to be pretty loud because they've been starved for baseball. They're excited. They get to watch Garrett Cole pitch, and it's the first game of the season, and people are going to be really excited. Not only will they be as loud as they can, I'll bet the players will be able to more distinctly hear the specific things that are called out to them and encouragement from the sides. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And let's go ahead. Since I just pulled this up and we had some uh, recent guys uh, just get their uh, injury report updated. So I would like to go over that really, really fast here. Um, Zach Britton, uh, they, they list him as day to day, but he's saying that he has an elbow issue and could return in late May or even possibly early June. Um, that is something that is interesting. The fact is, is that this was updated uh, two days ago, and it is still saying that he's day-to-day, uh, even though he's having some issues. The person that was updated today as day-to-day as well was Luke Voigt. He had uh, surgery on Monday to repair a partially torn meniscus in his left knee. Uh, this, to me, is something that needs to be taken care of. The fact that it says day-to-day means that they're definitely going to be uh, planning on him getting back uh, before uh, 30 days is up uh maybe even 45 should be 10 i would well, if i, I were, would, is is there a 10 day i would think if it's not going to be more than 10 or uh I, I would think it had to be less than 10 now or they would have done the 10 day il that's what and that's what i thought too um and that's why it, it's it's striking to me because of the recent update made it day to day instead of his 10 day dl that we have been used to seeing so um, again, that is something to keep an eye on and you better believe as things are getting updated, uh, we will bring that to you most likely during the game. They'll discuss about it tomorrow. Um, we have Justin, uh, Winslow that is on the 10 day, uh, Wilson is on a 10 day, uh, DL, um, or IL, um, and Duhar, um, let's see, he's, he's starting to get back into the swing of things. He's, he's still getting there. He's listed the day to day, but he's swinging off the tee. This is something that we want to see him get better. We love to have that extra bat at third base, and it really um, helps uh, Urshela really step up to the plate and play harder. Uh, Mike Talkman is day-to-day as well. That was updated. Um, Aaron Boone describes Talkman's um, injury, which is a shin. Um, from He also removed him from Sunday's game, which I saw him play Sunday, so this was interesting that he was on there. 
Uh, but again, this is not a uh, uh, necessarily bad thing. This is a precautionary, a precautionary um, um, pullout. So we definitely plan to see Mike Talkman play a lot. And the last one I want to talk about is Adam Warren. Adam Warren is uh, throwing uh, this past week. He's getting back into the um, on the roundabout of things. I think this is a good thing. Um, it's to me is exactly where we need to be is these guys are coming off of the injury and getting on a day-to-day injury report, which is good because that means we'll be full health pretty quickly. All right. And Dave, you and I have some difficulty guessing sometimes based on what the injury report says and what it changes to and what it changes back to. And honestly, some of that is gamesmanship. Some of that is meant to be confusing because you don't want the other team that you're going to have upcoming series against to know who you're going to have available so that they have as hard a time planning as possible. And Aaron Boone probably has a much better idea than just day-to-day. He may be planning on saying he's day-to-day for the next 30 days, for all we know. That's a really good point. It, it is a, it is a uh, mental mind game in the um, MLB. They're always trying to make sure that the other guys don't know what's happening so they can't plan for the battering, uh, can't pay, um, plan for the pitching. I love to see it. It's something that is, is pretty cool to see for sure. You know, let's go ahead and, and jump into our starting rotation, Matt, uh, one through five. Obviously, Garrett Cole is uh, sitting at number one. Uh, we are very high on Garrett Cole, like everybody should be. Uh, he is one of those guys that, for me, I, I still get completely amped up when I see him holding that sign, uh, Yankee fan for life, right? Uh, to me, that is exactly the essence of what Yankees are. Once you're a Yankee fan, I feel like you never can go and cheer for another baseball team because, I mean, why would you ever want to? It's the Yankees. So I'm excited about Garrett Cole um, heading off our rotation at number one. Matt, who do you have at number two? Number two, two we got the veteran Corey Kluber. Um, he was once basically the best pitcher and the best starting pitcher in all of baseball for a several-year stretch from 2014 to 2017. He won two Cy Young Awards during that time. Some of the greatest pitchers to ever play only win one, so getting two is pretty incredible. Um, Three-time All-Star. He always keeps his cool. He doesn't get too emotional. He doesn't yell. Um... So he's got the, uh, they've given him the nickname Cluebot because he's kind of robotic in his motions, but that has also led to a lot of consistency. Now, he's had some injuries recently, um, so it's hard to know if he can ever get back to that. He's in his 30s now, I think he's 33, um, but he seems to be healthy now. He's looked pretty solid in the spring training. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'd like to see what he has because uh, with the movement he has on his pitches and the craftiness that he can throw with, even if uh, as a pitcher get old, gets older, they, they always lose some velocity on their throws, but they tend to have the, the location down better. So I'm curious to see what he does to adjust his, adjust his game at an older age. Um, he relies pretty heavily on his two-seam fastball. And his breaking ball, which is kind of oscillates between a slider and a curve, depending on who's up and how he's trying to throw it. So both really good pitches. Absolutely. Um, one thing I have to say about Corey Kluber is I, we've been all watching him really since 2013 in his full first season um, as a Cleveland Indian. 
Uh, like Matt said, he really dominated and just did some amazing things between 2013 and I, I believe it was uh, 2016 that, um, I mean, really 2017 that he really dominated as well. If you want to throw 2018 as his real last full season, we can in there. He won 20 wins. Um, but after that, in 2019, he got injured, only started seven games. And of course, in 2020, he only got one inning pitched uh, in one game. Um, I, I believe he got injured um, on the, in the inning that he pitched. Uh, it was just one of those uh, freak accidents. But if you look at him and if you look at the way that he's been able to pitch, uh, in 2018, he had 222 Ks and uh, 215 innings. Uh, he had um, uh, 0.99 whip. ERA was at 2.8. This is exactly the type of player that I feel like this coaching staff, this uh, Yankees and Matt, Matt Blake, could really do some amazing things with. Uh, like Matt said, he's 34 years old. He's coming from you know back-to-back injuries, back-to-back years. So I feel like he's going to be rested and ready to make an impact right away. And if he comes out and he's throwing heat like we know he can, this makes the Yankees one of the most dangerous teams as a one-two punch in the league. Absolutely. I think uh, aside from his uh, potential for injury, and he hasn't, it's just been recently. It's not like he's been injured his entire career. Um, but aside from that, I don't think anything is going to slow him down from being who we exactly who we want at the two or the three spot absolutely all right so looking at speaking of number three let's go ahead and hit number three now we've had he's had some issues um coming from last year well hold up before there's a little bit i had it different um the way i wrote it down because the we did we did mention the first three that we're going to pitch and that is still the still the case herman is going to pitch uh, in the three spot in the rotation However, that's just going to be for this first rotation because Tyon is coming off of an injury. So they wanted to kind of ease him in. They eased him into spring training. He made a start before Herman uh, in spring training, but they would still rather Herman make another one and let Tyon have that extra few days rest. So f- assuming that they that they, he uh, conforms to a normal uh, five-man rotation after the start, Tyon is actually going to be slated as the number three guy, uh, with Herman making the number three spot this time, and then in the in the future, it'll be Tyon first. All right, well, since uh, for the future, and we're talking about the um, future of the Yankees, especially with everything that's going on, let's go ahead and bring up Tyon. I feel like he's one of those guys uh, we both have talked about um, him pitching with Garrett Cole uh, for the Pirates. He's one of those guys that um, Garrett Cole has spoken very highly of. He loves the way that he works hard. And again, he's one of those guys that we have to look at and really understand that 2019 he got injured. Uh, this is another pitcher that we have that really missed all of 2020. Um, that is one of those things where it's unfortunate and you hate to see young pitchers get injured. But I don't think we would have had an opportunity to um, pick this guy up if it wasn't for that. So I'm really excited about him. Uh, his uh, Pirates um, um, stats are unbelievable. He's one of those guys that if the Yankees pitching staff can continue to do what they're doing, he will be definitely a beneficiary of that pitching staff. Absolutely. I'm really excited, and I'm really excited about his uh, pre-existing relationship with Garrett Cole. I think that they can learn a lot um, 
mostly from Cole to him, but I'm sure Cole can learn new things from Tyon as well. Tyon is very talented. Um, in his first, he's only played three, basically three full years, and they were all really solid. Um, and then his fourth year, he only made seven starts, and then last year, he missed the entire year. Um, but he looks like he's back and healthy. What the little bits we saw in spring look like make me really optimistic. Um, he's got a fastball in the upper 90s and what they call a power curveball, which I assume just means it's a curveball, but it doesn't slow down quite as much as a normal curve. So, Yeah, man. Uh, Excited to see that for sure. Yeah, that, that pitch is nasty. That's going to cause a lot of issues. It's going to be exciting to see what he can do for sure. All right, so now we're going to talk about uh, you know our number four guy. Uh, he's had a little trouble in the um, um, 2020 season. He missed the entire season. So this is three of our four pitchers that we've talked about so far has missed the entire 2020 season. I say that with the aspect of Kluber pitched one inning in 2020. Uh, I feel like that doesn't really count. So we're just going to say our um, three or two through four pitchers are all guys that missed 2020. So there's a lot of unknown stuff. Uh, um, we're talking about Domingo right now. He has had a little bit of a trouble with the law. Uh, it's something that it's unfortunate, but when you're in a big city like New York, things happen and it just, it doesn't necessarily matter what happened in your past is what's going to happen in the future and what type of a person you're going to be after you had a learning experience like Domingo had. I feel like he's one of those guys that can learn from this. Uh, he's only 28 years old and he is an incredible pitcher. We watched him in 2019 and we were all drooling over the possibility of what he could do. He went 18 and four in 27 um, games. Um, I don't know. I, I think that he's an amazing pitcher. He just got he's got to keep his his shit under control. And the crazy thing is, he missed the end of that season, if I remember right. Uh, and I know that while he was playing, his season kind of tailed off, and he had some really really bad blow up starts that he allowed like 12 runs in a start. So he had an 18-4 record. He, he racked up those 18 wins faster than anybody else at the time. Um, and his, uh, his ERA, even with the kind of blowing, really blowing a couple starts towards the end when they just left him in to keep using him because there was nothing else to do, that type of thing, his ERA was still right at about, at about four, which is, which is still solid. You don't expect to get an 18-4 record out of a four ERA. But he did it, and he looked really solid, and he's, he's looked solid in the spring, and I hope that uh, I hope he has a good support system um, with his teammates. I hope that there's friends, and they're encouraging him to make wise decisions and to uh, self-reflect, and that we get to see the best of Domingo Herman when he takes the mound in this time it'll be game three of the season so excited yeah i am too again uh like i said he's had some problems but i really feel like he's matured um he's just one of those guys that the the bats really seem to be alive when he's on the mound for our guys uh us like he, matt said he went 18 and 4 uh, but he had a 4 um, era that is really high, but when our, he was on the mound, our guys were hitting the ball really hard, really well. So I think that has something to do with uh, the team cohesiveness, and I think I think that he's just really good for this team. So I'm excited to see as he goes 
Um, this time he pitches as the third guy, and um, later on in the season he'll go as the fourth guy. So that will be exciting to watch. Let's talk about our number five pitcher. I am super stoked about number five. I Everybody's feel like, favorite. Right? I mean, how can you not like this guy? He's standing at 6'6", but let's let's get to it. Who is he? Jordan Montgomery or Gumby. I think, I don't know if it's, I think it's a combination of his name sort of sounds like the end of it sounds like Gumby, but I think it's mostly to do with his arms and his legs being like a rubbery play toy. But uh, I think that's how he pitches. He he throws that Gumby ball and he's uh, pretty effective at it. He's got a lot of pitches. Um, His specialty is kind of diversity. He throws the sinker, the changeup, the curve, and the four-seam fastball almost all at about 25%. The only other ones being 5%, he throws a cutter just to switch things up. So, And he's, he's good at all of them. They're all worth throwing. And the pitcher or the, cat, uh, the batter literally never knows what they're going to see because the guy can throw any of these and he throws them at the same rate and in different counts so i'm excited to see if he can stay healthy for a full season get into his groove and he's he's more than worthy of a roster of a of a rotation spot on this team absolutely you know when he went down in 2000 i believe it was 2019 um i was i was sick i mean i remember talking to matt on the phone and just being like I, I, I like I just felt sick. I, I you can't describe when a young player is playing out of his mind and there's so much hype, there's so much excitement, and then he pitches four innings in a game in 2019 and that was that. I mean, it's just sad. You you can't you can't make that stuff up. It's unfortunate, but in 2020 he was able to come back. He got 10 starts under his belt. Um, his ERA was at five. Um, obviously, you know, coming back from a Tommy John surgery, you're going to have a little inflation on your ERA. But this is 2021, and he looks good. Like you said, that was it. Sinker, you said that he throws. Uh, the one that he barely throws, yeah. but throws is a cutter. Okay, yeah, the cutter man. That is a sick pitch. He throws pitch. the sinker the most, actually. Yeah, the his sinker yeah, the is amazing, but having that cutter to throw off uh, batters, especially throwing a sinker as much as he does, that is an right. unbelievable pitch. Uh, you know, it reminds me of um, you know David Cohen's um, cutter that he used to throw, and he would throw it sidearm, and then he would just walk off the mound as, as after the ball left his hands because he knew it was a strikeout. I love this pitch. To me, it is amazing. I love the way that he is able to do different uh, uh, um, throws the ball different ways. And like Matt said, he looks like uh, a Gumby out there. Like the way that his arms are always flopping and flaring at six foot six, um, it is insane. It's so hard to catch the ball coming out of his hands. And again, when you're three or four inches closer when you're releasing the ball, that makes a huge difference for the batter. Um, I'm excited about uh, uh, Montgomery, and I feel like this is going to be a breakout season. He needs a breakout season. He needs to get healthy, and he needs to play a lot. In 2017, he had 29 starts. Um, This was the last time that he was able to get all these starts. So I'm really excited about this 28-year-old. They're putting the ball in his hand and saying, Jordan, prove to me that you deserve to be in the major leagues. And I honestly feel like he does. His brother is an amazing pitcher. I feel like Jordan is better than his brother, and I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be in the league for a very long time. Agreed. All right. So that leads us with a top 
um, our one through five uh, starting rotation. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't see, you know, a sixth pitcher in there starting in the rotation. Um, you know, you, we have King out there. Michael King is uh, one guy that I, I feel like he's going to get a couple starts here. Um, we have, uh, you know, Nick Nelson, who could um, potentially start some. So we've got a, young, a bunch of young core that is going to be interesting to see how everything goes about. Like we said, we've had a lot of pitchers that are pitching this year that haven't pitched um, in the last couple of years or very limited in the last couple of years. So that's something to keep an eye on because Nick Nelson, um, Lasagna, uh, and Michael King are all guys that are going to be able to step up and pitch for us when we need them. I agree. Michael King, I'm excited about um, getting a chance because if, if there's not a, a starting spot for him, I like him getting a spot at reliever. That's always good. And one guy we is not on our list here, but consistently for the last few years has eaten up a lot of reliever minutes for us, and that's Luis Sessa. Um, he doesn't throw anything that makes you go, oh my gosh, that's crazy, but he's really hard to hit, and he's pretty effective. He has some blow-ups now and then, but it's normally not in situations that really matter. Um, other than that, he, he goes out and gets his job done, and he's... If nothing else, we don't have to use, you know, a Nick Nelson who we might need in a specific situation the next day. So they all have their value for sure. Absolutely, man. And that's something that's, again, it's exciting to have these guys in our bullpen that can go multiple innings if we need to. Um, like, you know, we've said, you know, quite blunt, there's these guys that haven't pitched in a while. They're going to blow games. They're going to blow them up completely. So having these guys that can come in and pitch two or three innings and keep things under control is going to be huge for us in the long term. So that is something that Aaron Boone has done a really good job at making sure that he has put these guys in positions that if they do fail, they'll be able to um, snap out of it and do a good job like that. Let's talk about our top five relievers with one dark horse that we think is going to get a lot of time pitching. So Matt, who do you have for our relief top five pitchers? All right. Um, I just put it in the uh, the Yankees page. Had a had a uh, depth chart, but it doesn't really factor in whether you're a reliever or a setup guy or a closer. So it's not really in any particular order, but because um, they're all good on here. Uh, but first on my list, I got Zach Britton, um, one of the best closers over the past decade probably he went he went quite a few years being incredibly dominant um he put up he put up insane numbers uh converted almost all of his save opportunities um and then was willing to come to new york and be a setup guy behind chapman even though he'd been a closer and a dominant one um so I, I, I like the fact that he wanted to come at all and be part of it. <clears throat> that was pretty cool. And he's he's done nothing but perform since we got him. Um, he throws a sinker that can go up to 99. Uh, Four-seamer, same speeds. Uh, a curve that drops to 82. And between, the, uh, between his sinker and his curve being thrown a lot, he gets a ton of ground outs. Uh, people don't put the ball up in the air very much. There's not a lot of line drives being hit on him. Um, and especially if there's somebody uh, on base 
late in a game and you're, you know, it's a one run game and you're trying to lock it down, being able to keep it on the ground is, uh, can be pretty helpful. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Zach Britton to me is one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. Um, if you haven't been paying attention to the Yankees for a while, you probably don't know very much of uh, who Zach Britton is. He came over from Baltimore. Uh, he's one of those guys to me that really is a glue to this team. Uh, he makes it so that uh, Chapman gets the ball in his hands and is able to close the game out with minimal damage done. Um, typically, there's nobody on base when Chapman's coming in the game, and that's all due to Zach Britton. Zach Britton just does an incredible job uh, when he's going out there, whether coach needs him to get four outs or three outs or even two outs, it doesn't matter. Uh, he goes out there and does what he's supposed to do and gets off the field quickly. I love Zach Britton, and I love the future that he has with the Yankees. As do I. All right, up next we have South Carolina boy, country Chad Green. Um, I don't know how country he is, but the way he talks and looks to me, uh, I just make the assumption. And where he's from. He's from South Carolina. But uh, he's also tall. He also throws really hard. Uh, and he has also been our kind of preferred um, <coughs> preferred, preferred middle relief pitcher in games that we still want to win. He can often pitch more than an inning, two or three even, depending on his pitch count. Uh, Pretty fastball dominant, but throws a really nice curve to offset that. Um, I said the other day he kind of, he, he will give up some home runs and have some outings that just fall apart, but the, he keeps the damage kind of, piled onto one outing generally uh so at least if he's gonna blow a game at least it's not one game instead of two or three in a row and then he normally goes right back to being himself um he's had to go down we've sent him uh we've uh, demoted him for short periods of time to work on something specific with his delivery um he's always been uh done that with grace and not complained. He's a class act, and he's he's a really really good relief pitcher, and one of the one of the biggest arms in our bullpen. Absolutely, and it's kind of interesting. We play against the Blue Jays because he was a 37th round pick uh, of the Blue Jays back in 2010. Uh, so this is kind of like a roundabout for him is getting back there. Um, he's like Matt said, he's from Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, my uh, great grandparents uh, uh, lived in Green South, um, Greenville, South Carolina for over uh, 60 years. So to me, uh, it, it's definitely a connection there. I actually got a chance to see him play for Effingham, uh, Illinois uh, High School there when I was uh, um, in my 20s, early 20s, and I was able to have an opportunity to watch him play. Uh, I remember watching him and just being really uh, um, thrown, you know, thrown like this guy obviously had the stuff in high school to become a, um, a pitcher in the majors. But the fact is, is not every pitcher is able to pull it together. Uh, Chad Green has done a great job at it. And I've been really impressed as he continues to develop his game. I believe he's 28 years old. But he still has a long time in the major leagues as long as he can keep his uh, shit under control. I love it. All right, next guy uh, I don't know a ton about. He's new, and before he uh, got signed by the Yankees this offseason, I just knew him as the guy that looked like he was bowling more than he was pitching when he threw. 
This guy is a side thrower, side winder, whatever you call those guys, but he has a side delivery instead of an overhand delivery. So it's it's borderline underhand to the side um, that he throws. He kind of he starts at the top and then when he swings it back around, he rotates his shoulder and just kind of just kind of bowls it. Uh, but he's really effective. He's been in the league for a long time. He knows a lot of the tricks of the trade. Uh, he's seen a lot of these batters many times. He's crafty and he's good at getting out of situations. And he's good at using that uh, unique delivery to his advantage and getting the ball to come from angles that are harder for the cut or for the hitter to to see or to hit. And uh, yeah, I think he, I assume he's going to be solid for us because that's all I've ever really seen for him. Absolutely. I mean, he's one of the older guys on our team. He's st- um, sitting at 38 years old. Uh, this guy is older than me, and he's still pitching. That's pretty impressive. Uh, let's go ahead and, and throw this out there. Uh, you have uh, Darren O'Day and Zach Britton were uh, teammates for a very long time. Uh, many seasons there. I believe it was over uh, seven seasons that they were teammates for. That is something that is definitely a reason why he's on this team and why I get excited about having guys that have played together. Uh, he's another guy uh, from uh, Georgia, the South uh, South Carolina area. I say Georgia. Uh, he is from Georgia. Um but, you know, I mean, I, I lived in Augusta, Georgia for four years. So I South Carolina and Georgia sometimes run uh, hand in hand, um, especially Augusta and South Carolina there. So to me, I, I get excited about the way that he plays. Uh, he played for the Braves the last two seasons, and he's really been able to step up and continue to do some great things. Like Matt said, his his release is very unconventional and it makes a, um, a very difficult uh, job for a lot of different um, batters out there. Yeah, a ball can actually rise up in the zone and end up being in the strike zone still, or even at the bottom of the strike zone with that delivery starting so close to the ground. It makes it definitely difficult for batters to see what's going on. Okay, the next guy I have is, I'm not sure if they would put him on the top five relievers list for the team, but... Uh, he was listed there in their depth chart, um, and he's usually a starter um, in the minors. He has not gotten a shot at starting yet, but it looks like he is going to be available to come out of the bullpen um, and see if he can see what he can do in shorter shorter snippets. And I think that his his game kind of relates well to being out of the bullpen. Um, just because he throws hard, um, he throws kind of throws some of the same uh, the same pitches. He's just good at them, so sometimes it's, it helps if you only have to go through the lineup once, that kind of thing. Especially as a young guy, before you've learned um, about the batters and what they what adjustments they're gonna make as you come as they come up to their next plate appearances. Um, he didn't do amazing. The first year he got a shot to get uh, big league innings, um, but he showed a lot of potential. Um, he just left left a little too many balls over the plate, um, but the stuff that he had looked really good. He has a great sinker. Uh, he throws that more than anything. 
Uh, he also has a curve and a uh, changeup. So, and then he throws just enough fastballs in there to uh, to make the changeup worth throwing to 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 trick batters because they you have to keep them guessing and you can't not throw a pitch ever because then the batters realize that they don't have to look for that anymore. So I like his his pitch selection there. And I'm hoping, as a young guy, that they'll put him in and maybe even give him a chance um, above some of the other guys just so that they know what they have early. All right, and the last person on our list is, no doubt, the closer, Aroldis Chapman. Um, kind of a kind of a big figure in baseball. Um, he threw as a young man with the Reds. He threw it 105 miles an hour in a Major League Baseball game, which hadn't been done before, and people took notice. Uh, his control was not very good. He walked a lot of people, but everyone knew that if he could get that control down to where he could throw it over the plate consistently enough, that he was going to be dominant. And over the last several years that's exactly what he's done um he has had a couple patches of of uh the last couple years a couple of rough patches on outings games that mattered that he he got shelled and questions about whether he should stay at reliever or p put britain back to reliever while chapman gets better um but it's basically been he, he's been the established reliever even after bad starts. Um, he did have a bad outing his, his last time out in spring training. So he's going to be looking to shake that off. He's going to hope for a close game going into the ninth so he can, he can get the rock and do what he does and uh, show what regular season Aroldis Chapman is all about. Man, I am stoked about Aroldis Chapman. I, I feel like uh, whenever he gets those that sweat going on the mound, I get excited. He's just one of those guys that obviously having Aroldis Chapman and having um, Garrett Cole in our on our in our pitching staff is huge for these guys. Uh, they're just massive presence. I just get really excited about the speed, the off-speed pitches that they're able to throw. And honestly, I just get excited about this pitching staff more than anything. It's just it's just an exciting pitching staff. If you look at it um, relief-wise and uh, starting um, pitchers-wise, it's one of those things that you can't help but get um, incredibly amped up and incredibly excited that this has an opportunity to go very far in the playoffs, for sure. Matt, let's talk about the three positional players that are backups that we feel like are going to make a massive impact on this team, um, especially because we have a lot of guys that play multiple different positions. So it's good kind of looking at down the line to see who those guys are going to be. All right. Well, I'm going to jump on the the uh, the top dog in that department, which is our uh, never-aging utility man, Brett Gardner. Um, he's been a staple of Yankee baseball for as long as a lot of people can remember. He has more, if I saw this right, he has more starts uh, for the Yankees since 2010 than any other player, even though he doesn't always start. So it's really impressive. It just shows, shows his consistency, his, uh, 
his consistency as far as av availability to be able to play in general and uh, keeping up consistent numbers. Um, he, he has minor ups and downs, but he's never going to be horrible for a long stretch and he's always going to be dangerous and capable of getting a big hit when it counts. He can also play, uh, he also plays left field, still plays left field very well, plays some in right, can do that as well. If he had to, he could play center. Ideally, he wouldn't have to at his age. But uh, still a great versatile defender and still a danger at the plate and on the base path. Man, absolutely. You know, one thing that I was really disappointed with uh, with last year was, you know, 2020 was originally the year that Brett Garner was going to retire, but he loves the Yankees. He loves the city. And he made it clear that 2020 couldn't be his last year because his family and friends and, and fans couldn't see him in the stands. I love that. He is our second oldest guy sitting at 37 years old. Uh, he is another South Carolina guy. So he's another South guy that we have on this team. And I get completely jacked about Brett Garner. We have all been watching him since 2008 was his first year to break out. Um, to me, that is the, uh, I don't know, it's a special year for me. It was the year my daughter was born. And to me, I remember watching him um, in Georgia while I was living in Georgia, being super stoked that we had this young player that was playing out of his mind and that was doing some great things in the outfield. Obviously, we didn't know the longevity of he, that he would be in the Yankees team for this long. But man, I am so glad he has. And I am so glad that he continues uh, to play on this team. And I'm, I'm pumped that he's going to be part of this team for a very long time. When I say when I say part part of this team for a very long time, I I think that he's going to continue being um, in the clubhouse after he retires. Um, he just loves the game of baseball and he's very passionate about it. Uh, so when I say he's going to be part of this team for a very long time, I just see him being part of the organization for a very long time. I agree. Uh, if he was part of the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder organization, he would hands down get a trophy and their number retired like Nick Collison. Um, but with the Yankees, they have a little too many numbers retired already, so I think that they're going to say he doesn't have the stats to make it. But he has exemplified everything that the Yankees want to show about who they are for over a decade, and he's awesome. The fans love him year in and year out. There's always those yahoos that say, oh, well, he only bet 230 last year and and uh, he didn't look great in the field and they want him gone and that's just sad because he's brought so much he's still valuable he's still valuable as a teacher that's it you know you're having a veteran guy on that team um especially helping with clint frazier um aaron judge uh you know uh Tyler Wade, Mike Talkman, like this is the type of leader you want on your bench to help these guys out. You know he's going to come up when he's supposed to come up and hit big hits. I guarantee you at the end of the season when we need a huge hit, Brett's going to come up and he's going to knock something over the wall and New York is going to go crazy about him because to me, he's one of those guys that deserves the love and respect from every single New Yorker out there and every um, New York Yankees fan because of what he has done for this team. Uh, talk about Mr. Consistent. He is that guy for us. Let's talk about the most versatile player on this team. 
Um, I, I once called him a short man. I was totally wrong. He is six foot one. Uh, he is not much shorter than I am. Uh, but man, this guy can run. And the reason he always looks so short is because when he's on first base, those first basemen are like six foot eight. And he looks pretty short to compare to those first basemen. But man, Tyler Wade is outstanding. He is our one of our fastest guys on our team. I love his attitude. I love the way he runs the bases. And he really makes me excited to have somebody that can play shortstop, second base, third base. Uh, he played a little bit of uh, first. He's uh, played outfield at left field. He can do so many amazing things and he can continuously play. It is exciting to see Tyler Wade be on the field. Absolutely, man. Uh, I love seeing his excitement to be there. He always seems excited. Anytime he gets a chance to play, he's got a smile on his face. Whenever he's not playing, he's got a smile on his face to, to share with a teammate. And he loves every opportunity he gets. Um, he doesn't feel frustrated by the fact that, in most people's opinions, he's probably kind of stuck where he is to be a valuable utility man, but never anything more. Maybe he can become more. I would be, I would be thrilled, but that's kind of the situation it seems like he's in, and he seems fine with it. He seems to love it. He seems to just want to make the most out of everything and go out there and do what he can for the team to win, and I like that. Absolutely. And rounding off our top three um, backups for this year, is another teammate of another player that played for a different team before they came here. Um, that is none other than Mike Talkman. He was teammates with DJ LeMahieu uh, over at the, Rocky, the Rockies. And I don't know if it's one of the reasons why we were able to pick him up, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if DJ was like, yo, yo, guys, we need to get this Mike Talkman. He's cheap right now. We can get him for nothing. And that's what the Yankees did. They went out and got him in 2018. Uh, he had only played in 21 games in 2018. And he came back in 2019 and played four times as many games. He played in 87 games. He had 260 at-bats. He had 72 hits. 18 were second-base hits. One was a third-base hit with 13 home runs and 47 RBIs. And he was walked 34 times. This is huge. This is exactly the type of guy that we need to be able to have us backing up the guys. Uh, he is one of those guys that... If he has a breakout season, which I feel like this is the season for him to do that, he makes a couple of other guys, younger guys on our team, um, expendable, which we could look at trading and possibly getting a better um, um, arm in our rotation or even a better arm in our bullpen. But this is incredibly exciting how Mike Talkman has an incredible future with this team. He's 30 years old, and he needs a really good season to snap out of it. I hope so. Um, I really like Mike Talkman. I, I liked when we picked him up, even though I hadn't heard about him. I read a couple things and immediately thought, oh, this guy could be great. But I do that with a lot of guys who don't even stay on the team or that kind of thing. Uh, but with Talkman, it was legit. No one really thought, no one knew who he was. No one thought anything of the acquisition. Um, and then he started playing and he started to look amazing. He looks like he's got a he basically has no neck. So he, ha he looks like a football player. He doesn't look like a baseball player. And to see his agility in the outfield, the speed and the changing of directions and the, uh, the base running, all of that is just surprising. He looks, he, he's more agile than he looks. 
He's a really good outfielder. He makes good reads. He can make diving catches. He can make good throws. He has plate discipline. Um, he's not a, a big power hitter, but he, I've seen him hit homers for sure. And he's he's great because he can uh, fit into several different positions, both in the field and in our lineup. And I love him. Absolutely. And again, tomorrow night, or tomorrow morning, depending on where you're at in the world, is the Yankees' first game. I am excited. I live in Hawaii, so the game is going to be at 7.05 um, in the morning. I am not looking forward to waking up that early to watch uh, anything at all, but it is opening day, and you better bet your ass I'm going to be watching. You know there's people who are going to be anxious all day that are mad at you for being (laughs) bitter about having to wake up when they would love to have it sooner. It sounds like you're talking from experience there, Matt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I, again, thank every single one of you guys uh, for uh, listening to Matt and I uh, as we're trying to figure out exactly how we're going to run this podcast. Uh, You know, things are starting uh, to fall into place. But check this out. We are the newest Yankees podcast out there. Uh, We have the best name that you can possibly think of for a Yankees podcast. Because if you remember what Brian Cashman said about this Yankees team's a couple years ago, he, when asked about if we were a uh, uh, Death Star, he said, we are a fully operational Death Star. That is who we are. We're a Yankee Death Star, a podcast about the Yankees. Cannot get any better than that, man. I am stoked that each one of um, you guys are out here listening to us and are are paying attention because we're the only daily podcast that are going to bring you the scores of the game as they happen and all the other news in between. All right, Matt. All right, Matt. What are you most looking forward to tomorrow's game? And as you tell after that, go ahead and sign off and we will take a dip out of here. But go ahead and tell me what is most exciting about the game. What's most exciting for me about the game is the game's existence and the game's existence in the realm of regular season games. That is to say, it's the first game that actually matters since last year, or if you want to say two years ago, because last year was a was a clusterfuck, let's just say it, and I hope that we can get back to some normalcy, put the Yankees back on top, it's been over a decade since we won a World Series, and so that has to change, and I think tomorrow's going to be the start of it, let's go Yanks. Thank you again for listening to a Yankees Death Star. We are a podcast all dedicated about Yankees. You're not going to hear any other shit on this podcast except Yankee love. It's all about that. Thank you again for listening to Dave. I'm Dave, and this is Matt. We'll be back here tomorrow after the game to spread the love. And the day after that, and the day after that, because guess what? If you didn't hear already... We're the only podcast that doesn't take a day off.